0: The Old Testament reading this morning comes from Exodus 16. Read verses 2 through 15. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out of this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Quite a complaint. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare... What they bring in. It will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the God, of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness and the glory of the God of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Turn to the New Testament reading, which is from Matthew, and this is Matthew twenty, verses one through sixteen. And in in this passage uh, Jesus is is, starts to tell this parable and, um, and he's of course making a, a simile of, uh, he says that, that or Matthew says that, that he's making this, uh, a comparison between a landowner and God so uh, similar to other parables that Jesus is, has told people at this point anyway reading from verse 2 After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. This is the landowner. When he went out about 9 o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about 3 o'clock, he did the same. each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first. And the first will be last. This ends the reading for today. Thanks, Maury. I want to talk
1: today about complaining and understanding. Um, It it takes a couple of long readings to to get into complaining and understanding. Um, So I think both of these readings uh, help us reflect on who God is and. Um, How does God um, uh, relate to us as people? How do we interpret God? You see, there is a God. Then there is who we think God is. And in both of these stories, um, who we think God is is being challenged, you might say. So first of all, the Exodus story. I mean, I, I, just, I just love this story because it, it only comes a couple of chapters after they've crossed the, the Red Sea on their great escape. And it's interesting to go back. And in chapter 12, it says that there were 600,000 men. They don't count the women and the children. But people estimate there was probably 2.4 million people who crossed over the Red Sea. Um, And uh, we are now, according to the passage, about six weeks later. Now, so if you go back a little bit, uh, the people, I mean, they're, they're filled with songs. They're singing songs. We sing to the Lord. Everything is wonderful. We've been liberated. So, according to the Bible, they were about 430 years captive in Egypt. Now, th- those of you who might be uh, scholars here, don't, don't get too concerned about all of those details. There's, it's hard to find evidence that this kind of big exodus actually did happen in some historical reality. But remember, the Bible is not meant to be a history book. It is meant to be a book that helps us understand who we are, who God is, and our call to be in connection with that God. And from that point of view, uh, it's amazing to consider some of the human realities that are going on here. First of all, uh, you know, we know about the refugee problems in the world today, people escaping bondage in one place to be liberated somewhere else. uh, and, And we've heard numbers in the millions from some countries. But we're talking about all going together. All right? Now, they're all going together and they haven't brought very much with them. They weren't able to. So, is it any wonder that six weeks later they're complaining? Is it any wonder? Wouldn't you do that as well? You'd say, well, that was great. We had a great day, you know, six weeks ago. That was miraculous and wonderful, but where's the follow-up, God? Was it just that one day? You know, there must be, there must be more, please. We wouldn't have come out here if we knew there was just going to be one miraculous day. We were promised liberation. We're sent on a journey to the promised land. Where is it? Of course, remember, it's going to take 40 years to get there. Exodus, as I was talking about in the Bible and the world this morning, is really the the whole story is a template for what our human experience is like and about. Um, and one of the things that that it is about is that in one minute we're giving great joy and praise for something great that happened, and the next minute we're complaining. Where are you, God? Why? How do things get so bad so fast? So then, we have the Matthew reading. And... This is another one of those uh, Matthew readings. We've had a lot of them through the summer. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, the kingdom of heaven is like. This landowner and how this landowner is dealing with these workers who have are just standing around waiting for work, don't... Don't make it think like they didn't want to work. That was a custom that they would do back then. They would stand around in the town square waiting for someone to say, hey, you need a job. It's kind of the way it happened back then. You didn't send a resume in and you know get your long-term job. Um, and so uh, this landowner is going at different times of the day. Now, we could go so many different directions with this, you know, I mean, the landowner sounds like there doesn't need to be any rules. If we had a business owner and said, well, I can just do it any way I want, well, they'd probably be in court if it had to do with fair wages, right? So the mind goes a million different directions when you read this. But it's important to understand the last line. The last will be first and the first will be last. What we're being reminded of is that the idea we have about God It's going to get turned around on us. And if we're willing to go into the complexity of understanding who we are and who God is in this world, we're going to be going places we've never gone before. It's going to turn the tables on our understandings that we have about everything, such as who's going to be first and who's going to be last. Now, we could make an economic sermon out of this, but that's not one that I'm going to do today. So one of the things that I've been, from some of the stuff I've been following that I've been thinking a lot about lately, is, and I think it's very much uh, in both of these readings, is as we go through the human journey, especially those of us who are people of faith, who come to church like this, that that we really are... Asking to come together and asking for God's help and a community of faith's help for us to do two things. One is to wake up so that we notice God's presence in our midst. So that we notice how God loves us and interacts with us in the day to day. Often we're clueless to it. So waking up is part of it. And doing things like worship and prayer, meditation, daily devotions, going off on a retreat. These are all the kind of things where we're calling ourselves back and reminding ourselves, pay attention to the God who is present in our midst. Um, Now, we, we tend to pay attention to a lot of that, I think, in church circles. But there's another whole piece that's really going on in both of these readings. And that's, um, you know, first of all, I should say on the waking up, if we spend more time with the kind of practices that wake us up to God's presence, then we might complain a little less. Because we complain when we have a thought about how God should be acting, but we're really not there noticing God's presence. But the other whole aspect that's in these readings is about the deeper understanding. And there's another whole thing we commit ourselves to as people of faith. And that's to continue through our entire lives right up to the very last moment to grow up. To grow up. To not act in our most basic instincts. To not... and We, we all know we do this. I know when I'm tired. It happens to me. Not, not act like a child. child. Children are supposed to act like children. Right? But we're supposed to grow up. And part of the growing up process, part of the, the moving through life process, is to go on a journey like the Exodus story, from what it is that's holding us back, that's holding us in bondage, and to learn the lessons of life in God's presence in our midst, and the wisdom teachings that come from Jesus, and to continually grow up into deeper and deeper understandings, into more complex, understandings rather than simple answers for the deep questions of life. In some ways, in the Trinity that we celebrate, we have this Creator God, and I think the Holy Spirit represents the presence that helps us wake up. And I think the Son, Jesus, the Christ, is the one that calls us into the deeper understandings through the many teachings And through the Word, that is not just the words of the Bible, but the Word, as John said, that was from the beginning and came to us in the flesh. And so we have it right there in the Trinity, the call to wake up and the call to grow up. The call to see God's presence in our midst, the call to always seek deeper understanding of who we are as created by God, who we can become, and to go on the journey through that. And if we've got to complain sometimes along the way, that's, that's fine. We're not, we're not going to get it all together so that we just continually make progress on the journey without complaining. I think God understands that. Maybe that's why the, that manna appeared there when the people were complaining and Moses was saying, God, what am I supposed to do? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's part of the journey, we've got to go through the cranky part in order to get there. But the question is, are we going to get stuck or are we going to go for deeper understandings? Are we going to stay within the conception and understanding that we have of God that maybe we had in Sunday school a long time ago? Or are we going to continue to realize that there are new learnings, deeper understandings every single day? And I think a lot of ways, you know, uh, sometimes we get too busy in the middle of life, but sometimes in the later part of life, We might even be thinking about what has my life been about and how much further before my death is going to come. Um, Those are amazing times to face the deeper learnings and understandings that God has for us to understand who we are. Because ultimately, the whole Exodus journey out of Egypt to the Promised Land is a journey from us being a people who are kind of bound up and stuck by a bunch of different things that are trapping us. And for us committing to walk through the wilderness, to go through unknown places where we don't know what to expect because we actually believe that with God's help and with a community of support that we can actually arrive as a person, as a community, at a better place. We can become so much more When we realize our connection to God, to one another, and to all of creation. So these are two stories about waking up and growing up. And if you take that Matthew story seriously, if you get nothing out of it, it's saying to us, the thought you have right now You need to turn it around. Especially when you're talking about me. What I'm teaching. What Jesus is teaching. That what you expect. Because you know, we walk into situations and we expect something. We expect to hear a certain thing. Right? And then we say, I agree with it! Or, no, that's wrong. Um, But this story is saying, no, no, no. Back off a little bit. Take it in. There's a new deeper learning that needs to go on here. I think anyone who's a teacher knows that one of the important things about teaching, especially the further along a child gets in their development, is to creating an atmosphere where they can not have to feel like everything they think they know they have to hold on to tight, but where they can actually take in new information They can have new kinds of dialogues and new kinds of experiences and where they can be supported through how it's going to help them develop further down the road. Well, this is a lifelong process from beginning of life to end. Yeah, I guess you can have a vacation here and there. But whether we want it or not, it's part of the process. And there's not a single one of us here who doesn't understand that inside of us there's some stuff that's gotten stuck. And today, we're being invited to pick up the plane a little bit if you want to, to take the next step on the journey through whatever it is that's got us stuck. And know that the manna in the desert or the wilderness experience of that will be there for us, that there is another day, if we continue on the journey, that will be better than the day before. It is the story of our human journey, this exodus story. But part of what holds us back sometimes is we're not always ready to have the tables turned on us. I figured out how to control certain things and manage them in my life and I know what's first and I know what's last and then Jesus says, well, no, let's turn it around. It's going to be the exactly opposite of what you expect. But it's going to be good. Are you ready? Are you ready to move through your complaining to a deeper understanding so that we can wake up even more to God's loving presence in our midst and we can grow up even more into the full possibilities that God created us to have?